Okay. What's everyone's favorite sci-fi movie? Uh, well, I'm I'm a man of the times, so right now I would say the movie we're currently about to review. Lame. <laughs> okay, Pam. Um, does Star Wars count? Technically, no. Star Wars is a space opera. <laughs> oh, it's a space western, I would say. Um. I honestly don't know. I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan, so no idea. Oh, okay. Ooh, actually, you, uh, Blade Runner 2049 is also up there for me, though. Now yeah. that I think about it, yeah. I mean, like sci-fi movies are weird, but like great, right? Because I I have some really great sci-fi movies I enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like. Like like you just said, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I enjoyed the shit out of that movie. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. There's Arrival. Oh yeah, that was good too. There's Interstellar. That's also some good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, was The Martian technically sci-fi? Yes, The Martian is yeah, technically I like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Martian has some really good shit as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think like, there's some pretty good like sci-fi movies out there, right? And like as me and both Sam just said, right? Two movies that we highly regard, Blade Runner 2049 and uh, Arrival, were both directed by Denise. I'm not going to pronounce his last yeah. name. Villeneuve? Yeah, it's French. Uh, <laughs> I try my yes. best. Yes. But he yeah. is he is an amazing director. Like, he's ridiculous. He he's a very great director. Like, I, I obviously... I, I, you know my opinion of his his movies. I think they're fantastic. Like mm-hmm. Sam, I assume the same thing for you, right? Yeah. Um. Did you by any chance happen to see his uh, breakdown of the the scene with the needle? I guess we'll talk about that more. But it's on YouTube where he talks about the breakdown and how like he came up with that scene, and it's just like it's ridiculous how he explains what he did, and you're like, that makes sense. But yeah, like, no. how did you think about it? Like, it's it's something so like. It's something so simple that makes sense, but not a lot of people think about it that way. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, like it's it's some it's really good, it's cool stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like Pam, I don't know, like you have any opinions on on Denise? Uh, well, I wasn't the biggest fan of Blade Runner, so I'm not gonna have opinions on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I are, don't are know you his about work the first one? well enough. What's that? Do you mean the first Blade Runner or the no, 2049 no, 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 the one? 49. Oh, okay. Because, like, I remember watching it. That's about it. Like, it's, like I said, it's not my genre, so I'm not going to have an opinion on his work. Because, like I said, I other than these two movies, I don't know his work well enough. Mm-hmm. Fair. So he I also feel did like a Sicaro, really too. I don't know if you've seen Sicaro, but he did that you. as well. So it's like, again, can't give a informed opinion mm-hmm. fair enough yeah no uh oh sorry Uchi, continue <laughs> no I, I was just gonna say fair enough right yeah it's like i think like when especially when it comes to directors right certain directors like once you kind of really like or enjoy their style you just like latch onto them and you're like this is my go-to director i'll always mm-hmm. kind of watch his movies right like i am a massive christopher nolan stan like I think I've said this before, like Christopher yeah. Nolan movies always like that's my shit, right? Mm-hmm. Same with like um, 
What's that guy? The guy who did Django. Oh, um... Tarantino? Yeah. yeah. I really forget Tarantino. Tarantino. He's like my favorite director. <laughs> hey, man, we're recording an hour late because of someone. Okay, yeah, but... <laughs> Sorry, I am in a different time zone, living in a hotel for week three yeah. of my life. Literally, so... for the longest time, you, you guys have you guys have seen Like Mike, right? Like the uh, the movie with, what's his name, Bow Wow? Yeah, um, and how he yeah. was able to steal people's ta- like basketball talents. If I if I could if I could steal a talent, it would be Tarantino's talent for dialogue. Like I need that talent. Oh, it's, Tarantino, it's ridiculous. Dialogues is always insane. It's. it's so I'm like, oh, how did man? No, it's crazy. I would also steal Dennis's like kind of the, visuals though, because his the, visuals the way are pretty can, cool. The way he sets up shots is just amazing. Like, yeah. this is visual inspiration style is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at this stuff and you're like, whoa. Like, you could, you, could you imagine Dennis and Tarantino making a movie together? That would be and crazy. I, it, it wouldn't work, though. Yeah, I guess. Like, they, yeah, they're both very controlling, you can tell. Yeah, it, yeah. it's very poor opposite, opposite <laughs> styles as well. Like, yeah. it would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> But like, yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> like for me, like that's how Zendaya's feet went viral. And yeah, because Tantino's got the, the thing for feet. Yeah, I mean, okay, I know it's gonna sound random, but like, I'm not trying to bash anyone with like a foot fetish, <laughs> but like <laughs> feet, <laughs> kind of weird. If Tarantino directed this movie, there would have been a shot of feet in sand. 100%. The, the sandworms would have feet. <laughs> 100% that would have happened. 100% uh, the sandworms would have feet. <laughs> That's like almost a given, you know what I mean? Oh, like... man. Yeah, no. It, yeah, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Honestly, this... Um, for people who are listening in, actually, I don't think we've actually said the movie we're reviewing. We um, haven't, so let's lead up to it. Yes. This week, we are reviewing the 2021 American epic science fiction film directed by Dennis... Sam, please say his last name. <laughs> Villanova? I, get, I don't know if the E is That's silent or I not. It. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just assume everyone in Quebec's now mad at us. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> but we're watching June or I June was, part one. I was I was colonized by the English, if not the French, unfortunately. So Yay colonizers. <laughs> well, we are watching June. Speaking of colonizers, it's about people going to colonize an outer world. Yeah, <laughs> pretty anyway. much. <laughs> That's the plot. Sam, please do your usual spiel about what June is. Uh, well, do well, you've, you've, you've already, yeah, I mean, you've already kind of explained that already. Um, it is a science, science fiction film. Um, it came out on October 22nd, I believe. Yeah, it was 22nd. Um, so last Friday, as of time of recording, um, it had a world a world premiere on September 3rd, 2021 at the 78th Venice International Film Festival um, before its wide release on October 21st, actually. But 21st was Thursday, 22nd was Friday. So it, most people yeah, would have... 
It came yeah. out on the 21st, because that's also when it had its simultaneous HBO Max release. Yes, I think that's also when we we watched it on the 21st as well, so that was kind of yeah. cool. Um, the film was highly um, praised for its positive visuals, scope, and ambition, and it has grossed around $220.7 million worldwide against a production budget of $165 million dollars. Um, fun fact that I actually read, um, apparently for it to break even, it actually has to go over 300. Um, yeah. which, yeah, that's, I mean, it should cause easily already over the weekend we're already at 220. So they're only shy of like what, 80 million to actually break even, um, yeah. which, yeah, they could easily do that, especially internationally and stuff too. Um, it stars the likes of Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, um, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, um, who else is that? David yeah. Bautista, Rebecca Ferguson, Rebecca Josh Ferguson. Yeah, a lot of big names here, actually. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, the themes of the movie are environmentalism and ecology. Um, we're talking about the planet called Arrakis, um, which is a very, very, uh, <laughs> very, yeah. very Sahara Desert-ish world. Um, yeah. But you did explain you did explain it here too. Where I think you did you put out put down the yeah yeah uh, cool. I guess like to all the people listening, and we're trying a new format this week, and Sam yes, kind of steamrolled straight into it. <laughs> so let's talk about the themes of the movie. Yay! <laughs> oh, into it. Yeah. yeah, obviously it's I I you kind of have to be blind not to obviously see the environmentalism and ecology. They're talking about spices, spice that they use to on their ships so that it can navigate in the stars and that it's a resource that they dig up from the ground right. and refine. Mm-hmm. What does that sound like? Cocoa. <laughs> Literally. Cocoa? It sounds like cocoa. Oil. I mean, the oil. Yeah, I mean, I meant cocoa in terms of like chocolate. Like just coffee yeah, I know you meant yeah. cocoa as in like chocolate, but no, it's literally oil. Yeah, it is oil as well. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think we need to. Like, it's it's good to talk about it, but like it's pretty <laughs> obvious what. Not just this and like the book we're talking about by referencing like spice and oil, right? Because the mm-hmm. book came out in what the sixties. See why mm-hmm. I didn't why I didn't think oil is because well technically oil can also like oil is. Is sort of a more abundant resource to gather. I would have even gone more like the, um, the, well, the yes, thing that but phones no. are made out of. Oil is no, more abundant today, but don't forget this is from the... the okay, oil is more abundant today, quote-unquote, right? But right. this is from the 1960s and like the 60s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Talking about oil was like a different thing, right? Right, right. This is true. Because... Right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the 60s, but in the 70s, 80s is when people started talking about the idea of peak oil, mm-hmm. right? And, like, the wars and division that's going to come after we've reached peak oil and, like, the peak decline oil. starts, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, I guess I should just first start with it. Do you guys know what... Sam, I assume you know what peak oil is. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Pam, you know peak oil? Uh, no. Okay, so peak oil is the idea that at, we'll, we'll eventually reach a point where production of oil will peak. Mm-hmm. That one day in the future, all 
there's an argument that that date has already passed that we've put will produce the most amount of oil ever and we'll never be able to attain that peak again mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right now at the time people argue that peak oil is going to happen in like the 90s okay new technology came in it got pushed back to like the 2000s more better technology came in it got pushed back to like the 20 2020s 2030s right there's now an argument that peak oil actually happened back in 2019 but that's beside the point right so now in relation to this movie for me it's like you have this planet right where they can essentially mine and get spice right mm -hmm. and like the thing that's limiting them getting spice are the people on the planet the sandworms and the technology they have at the present to mine this spice right because yeah. we can see that by well the worms that's like the most obvious hazard right the worms are huge mm -hmm. right massive <laughs> massive that's them fighting the actual planet itself right that's mm -hmm. them fighting nature to get mm -hmm. the spice then you've got the um what is it the, the people right the, the fermin mm -hmm. the fermin who in this case right this is from like the 1960s back in the 60s countries like saudi arabia qatar all the, like the oil rich countries hadn't yet become rich mm -hmm. right so the west viewed those countries as backwards barbarian like kind of the way they describe the Furman in this movie they describe as backwards and barbarian right compared yeah. Uh, which is not true. Like uh, when Jason Momoa's character lived with them for like a while, he came back and literally said, "Like they have their own culture, their technology advanced. They've got all this stuff. They're amazing exactly. people, right?" Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then finally, you, you can look at the technology, right? When uh, Arisha put the name of the houses down, right? Oh, but when uh, Atreides. Yeah, when House or Atreides arrived. Yeah. When House of Trades arrived, right, the Hulkonen had pretty much sabotaged the technology, right? So now yeah. they're being limited by technology. Mm -hmm. So, like, while the idea of stuff like peak oil came after the sci-fi sci book, right, these the ideas kind of, like, started floating around. And this movie, like, visually represented those ideas as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to um, clarify to most people who don't know about the world building in Dune as well is... Basically, as far as the world of Dune is concerned, technology has um, advanced so much to the point where it became a hazard to, you know, basically the everyday life of the quote-unquote empire. Um, so all, all forms of um, artificial intelligence, like AI, computers, whatever, became banned. So it got to a point where space travel, all of that was possible through computers and technology, and then civilizations this is like what the year like ten thousand and something so it's like way ahead of like our time um and then at that point basically they've just th they've thrown away all the computers all the computers in the garbage all forms of artificial intelligence in the garbage um even space travel is more manual right but hence why they use spice for it because spice is kind of a way to power um well, that I'm sure they'll dive deeper into into the part two, but there's a whole the, thing with like how spice works, right? Yeah, like, there's I a whole thing with up, yeah, with animal cruelty and stuff like that too. That's going on with spice as well. Um, yeah, but that's like a second layer to spice. So it's not just the acquiring of spice that's also problematic, but also how it's being used is equally as problematic. Um, yeah. 
mm-hmm. I guess like I think we can move this onto like the next part, this idea of like the world building in this movie, right? Because mm-hmm. like even like the stuff like the Eastern and Islamic references and like just the way this world works, yeah. we can talk about in world building, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, let's go around. Like Pam, you start first. How did you find the world building? Um. I thought the world building was done well. Um, like I have a like I, I have a couple issues with this movie, but those will come up later because we're not really talking about that right now. Um, the world building, the amount that they did, I think if they didn't do it, you would have no idea what the hell is going on in the movie. To put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. I feel like a lot of it was tell and don't show. Like, they told me too much about it and didn't give me anything to really think on or figure out how these things fit together in a sense. Okay. Th- that's how I view it. Like, the, the world building, it was good. I I liked it. And I think the amount of it that they did was needed. But at the same time, it was too blatant because to me it felt like they spent two hours of a three-hour movie just world building that's that that's fair that's actually fair um yeah that's yeah i should go ahead that's fair um for me like i i love the world building i for me i kind of enjoyed that it was very like a lot of stuff was like very off-handed right it was just kind of like this is the thing in this world deal with it right but, like, I kind of get what Pam means. Like, a lot of it was very tell. Because, let's be honest, this movie has a lot of info dump and exposition built yeah, in, right? Super slow. Lassan like, Al-Gaib. Lassan of... Al-Gaib, the Ben, ben Gisid, so however you pronounce them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that stuff, like, by nature, it has to have a lot of world building, right? And, like, that's... That stuff, like, even with, like, the info dump and exposition, exposition, I didn't care as much as I would in other movies, right? Because I, I generally enjoyed how the world was, like, expanding and, like, that, that the way it worked, right? Cause yeah, me, see, oh, go ahead, I'll pop uh, it after you're done. Yeah, because for me, it, like, it when, like, we get the exposition dump, so it's, like, at moments when we kind of truly needed it, right? And, like, for me, I was okay with that, right? Because it also worked in hand in hand with like other moments where they'd have world building where they they didn't have to tell you anything else. They'd just be like, "These, this is House Atreus. This is House uh, whatever, right? This is House whatever, right?" And mm-hmm. you can just like get a sense of how the houses and the system works, right? You can understand like this is like this is the empire. Oh, this is a king of the empire. He has his loyal houses, mm-hmm. and like each house rules like a certain planet or rules certain things, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all beloved to the empire, right? I yeah. personally, I don't know if I would, because then if you're doing that, then you're going more of like a like that's like a typical like no, no, no I mean Marvel, like I like, the like fact... DC like exposition in the beginning. Like, no, no, these are the wait, wait, oh, no. Okay. No, no, I meant I liked that they didn't tell us. Oh, they did? Okay. It worked. Okay. They okay. didn't tell us how it worked. They just, like, said, this is the house. This is house Atreus. Yeah, this Atreides, is house, yeah. Uh, Atreides. This is house 
whatever, Draconian. right? Yeah. Draconian. See, and those are those are the only sense. two houses we even see. There, there's more, but those are the only there's two a lot that more, they really but, focus on. Yeah. Yeah, and like I like that. And that was something I was gonna say. I really liked that. I like that they gave us like the houses and this is what they did. Um, my only thing is cause like, I think it was because they spent two hours of the movie building this world. And like I said, I feel like they couldn't have really done less of it, but maybe it couldn't have been hand over fist as much as it would in certain parts. But like, I found it was starting to almost run at like the same way of DC Marvel, that sort of vibe for me, which, you know, me, I'm not the biggest fan of. And I mean, I have never seen the original Dune in its entirety. Oh, you don't want to. It's, so, pretty, it's yeah. pretty bad. I, so, I saw like little clips of it. It's pretty no. bad. Yeah. You do <laughs> not want to do that. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't help me. Like my sister, who is seven years older than me, loves the original Dune. And like yesterday when I told her I was going to go see this and she was so excited and she wanted to know everything about it. And she's like, what's your honest thoughts about it? And I'm like, just go see it because it's probably way different from the one that you saw when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. So I think with like with this one, too, there is like I, I, I know where you're coming from, Pam. And even when we've when we're done watching it, um, there was like a there was a lady that was so when Uchi and Michael actually went away, I think they went to the bathroom or something after the movie. Um, there's a lady that I could overhear, and I think it was either her husband or boyfriend or son. I don't know, could be any really. Um, wow, this is a, this man is ranging in age. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I don't. I mean, no. She. They were. They were an older like couple, or not. I don't know. Um, but either way, she okay, basically. Sorry, here's the thing. A male in sex, raging from the age of sixteen no, to seventy. No, he was. He was. He was. I would say more like maybe twenty-five to twenty-five to seventy. Oh, <laughs> is, is he just, is, okay, I just. I want to pause here for a second and divert for a minute. But did Sam just say an older couple and then call this guy twenty-five? Well, no, because the lady was older. Excuse she was like probably Sam? in her thirties. She was like she looked like a mom, so right? Thirties old. I mean, yeah. Sam, Sam, <laughs> tread carefully here. 30, 30 is very old. Um, I'm joking. Wow. I'm joking. Sam is an ageist. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, he asked her <laughs> if she enjoyed the movie. And she basically said, oh, she, she liked it at, at certain parts. She was excited. But then she also personally found it to be a little bit slow. And this is where oh, I was actually, yeah. And this is where I was actually talking to. Um, I was about to say sea monkeys. This is where I was actually talking to Uchi about this too. <laughs> where, yes, that is your new nickname. I'm so used to calling oh, him oh, sea monkeys. Oh. Um, yeah, Sam <laughs> so, so just out here doxing my gamer tag. Yeah. I mean Warzone. Let's go, bro. Dude, oh, I, I just want to say that I think that's my issue. Is how like it was slow, and because they spent that two hours of a three-hour movie, yeah, no, but world building, and it was like. All this expedition for two hours, and then the, all the exciting it happened in the last, I would say not even hour, I would say last 30 to 40 minutes of it, and then we're left with a cliffhanger. Yeah, and but, I, but, yeah, but was, something to clarify too, I mean, this is the part one, there's going to be a part yeah, two. Hopefully. I know, but still, um, it didn't feel like a complete movie to me. Right. Let's clarify this as well. First, I feel bad, Pam, because... I didn't think I, I had to tell you this because, like, I just kind of knew. Sam probably knew, but mm -hmm. he, the director, did say 
the movie is not covering the whole book. It's just going to be three quarters or like no, half it was even like half. We, yeah, like see, and just I under did half. Not, that didn't click into me until I was about at that two hour mark. And I mean, I'm going to apologize for all our listeners here. If I mean, I'm not always the most cognitive person on a good day. I've been on the road all week and working and living out of a hotel. So my brain function is maybe 20%. So forming thoughts is very difficult. And this movie was good to watch, but not good for me to watch. Like my brain is functioning at this. So so when it, yeah, that's that's also fair. Because you need to be, I mean, for a movie like this, you need to like, it's a kind of movie where you, you, you sit down with your food or popcorn or whatever and like, you're like you have the intent that yes i'm gonna you sit down and i'm gonna watch this yeah have exactly 100% engrossed in it and i was probably 75 percent engrossed in it mm-hmm. which is fair um and then like to go back to what i was initially trying to say was that um i spoke to uchi about this too where i feel like um just because as blockbusters we're so used to like before this movie what did i see i think i saw the new venom which again is more flashy a lot of action going on. Some people saw the James Bond movie, which again is similar action, comedy, a lot of action, exploding things. Um, so for me personally, coming to a movie like this, and you guys might say this is probably why I like to drive as well in a way. There's just something calming about like these types of movies that are directed, to, in my opinion. Like other people because might find them boring. Because on art house film? No, no, no. not really. I, I just, just more like an artist movie. It's not now. Yeah, Dune isn't even art house, but it's just it's more. Not, it's not. I it like I felt like it gave me the like if I if I had never read the books or never like knew nothing about Dune, I still feel like this movie kind of it's it it kind of gave me like a like a paste um a paste meal with what the world is about. Like it didn't just like drop everything on your lap and say hey. Here's all the information. You figure it out type of thing, well, right? And, and we know movies I, that have done that in the past and they were horrible at it, right? See, um, and I'm just going to cut you off here. Yeah, go them. for it. Yeah. I never read Dune. This is really the first introduction I had to Dune. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I do appreciate that because I, I know what's going on. Like, I'm going exactly. to compare this to a movie we all hate, Batman versus Superman, where I literally sat in that movie and had no idea what was going on because exactly. I did not read the comics. That wasn't and even... That, that was even... Movie, that's that not what I was going for. Like what I was going for. I'm like just, I'm just as, saying that. Like you know what I mean. Like there are some yeah, movies where they, they just, you have to know the book. Exactly. And, like, another movie that did that was The Hobbit. Like The Hobbit, they could not have split into done in one movie. Mm-hmm. Even though it is the shortest of the Lord of the Rings books, they couldn't have done because there was so much going on in that book. Exactly. And that one is another one where they built it slowly over time, where you didn't have to have read The Hobbit. You could go in and just enjoy it still. Exactly. So like, um, they did a good job with this movie, making it good, like making it um, understandable for people, for kids who are eight, nine years old who are going to see this movie to someone who is 85. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like a, like a movie that everyone even forgets ever happened. Like literally no one remembers this movie ever happening that literally did what Dune did not do 
and like is worse known for it is Valerian in a Thousand Planets or something. Oh, I, I remember that. Movie. That was that literally was an example of what not to do with a sci-fi movie because they literally yeah, that movie was trash. They literally just dropped everything. Like they even had they had the main character having like visions the same way Dune did. They had like all these aliens and all this like setup. They there's no world building whatsoever. They're on a heist to steal things. Like, nothing made sense, but they're space cops. <laughs> like, nothing made sense at all. And, like, that's what we don't want. You know what I mean? So I feel like this kind of... With Dune, it was more like a... It was more like, you know when you're, you're playing a really high-intense game of basketball and no one scored a basket and you're like, you know what, let's slow this down a bit. You know, let, let's, let's calm down and, like... Let's take this little one step at a time to make sure everyone's brought up to speed. That's what Dune did, and I I I love it for it. You know. Okay, I just want to bring out my point, my opinion on like the slowness of the movie before I would like quickly divert onto something else. Right? Yeah. For me, um, I enjoyed the slow nature of this movie because I I think I told Michael this when we were leaving it. It felt like Game of Thrones. Yes. Yes, it did. Yeah. So it felt extremely political, extremely mm-hmm. tense. Which Every... also started slow. The first season of Which Game also... of Thrones was so let's slow. Not, <laughs> let's not lie. The first few seasons of Game of Thrones was slow, but you know the payoff was building, right? Exactly. And it kind of felt the same way in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. It was very slow, but the chess piece is being put into place, right? You could, you could see it happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was that moment in the movie when they were like, oh, how could... It was House, the evil house. Oh, Harkonnen? House Harkonnen, when they're like, when Batista's character was like, how could the Emperor take the planet away from us? It was ours to rule, and they gave the, it to that house as a gift, right? Mm-hmm. And the other guy's just like, oh, you assume it was a gift? Or you think yeah. it was a gift? Mm-hmm. And it's just, that line, it's like, it's set up for something bigger, and you know the payoff is coming. Exactly. And like, I like the tension from that coming, that build-up, that slowness, that it's tension. very political. That, like, yeah. Oh, this is politics to the max. Like even, like granted, I kind of wish we would see the houses interact more with each other and see why house, uh, uh, or whatever, right? Her, uh, Atreides. Atreides. Atreides is such a political threat to the empire that he thought this is how I have to get rid of them, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but I think they, they yeah. even did a good job to set up House Atreides as like a very like honorable, like they're very. They like take, honorable. Yeah, they take their duty seriously. Like, you know, even when he's talking to Paul and, like, Paul's talking to his dad in the beginning where he's like, oh, yeah, like, all of these, like, you know, the, a, a typical white people thing, but all of the dead all of the dead ancestors around them. And he's like, you know, our family has built this from the ground up and all of that stuff. So they already kind of set, set up House Atreides as this, like, House Atreides is basically, like, House Stark, honestly. Yeah. Is basically like Atreides and Stark are the same houses, literally in in this kind of world building. They're very like yeah. dutiful, like honorable. Like how Stark only cared about what protecting the wall. That's literally their one job. Um, so it's the, that's a yeah, one job exactly. Yeah. Um, so as, I, uh-huh. Sorry, I was gonna say, as someone who has only seen half a Game of Thrones, like seasons one, two, six, and seven. Wait, what? <laughs> Don't ask. Long One, story. two, six, and seven. Jesus, that's <laughs> what? No, you, no, you no, jumped. No, you, you jumped <laughs> some of the best <laughs> writings. Explanation. Um... One, two, six, and seven. Jeez. <laughs> the first two and the last two. 
I have never heard something so blasphemous <laughs> in my life. What? That's hilarious. Okay, so, hey, so sidebar, because I have to give Uchi an explanation before he has a coronary. <laughs> so I never watched Game of Thrones and had no intention of watching it until, maybe it was season five and six, I can't remember. Um, until I lived with my sister, I was their basement troll, and they would have Game of Thrones nights on Wednesdays. And at that point, they were already, like, far into Game of Thrones, so I just kind of would be social and go up and watch it. And then the two years I lived with her, I saw these two of the seasons. And then promptly after, I started watching from the beginning and only made it to season two and and now currently trying to watch season three and so on. Mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Right. But, again, back to my point is they they follow... They follow the same kind of structure where, I mean, obviously well, Dune came before before Game of Thrones, but, you know, Atreides is basically Stark and then Harkonnen is basically like the Lannisters. Like, that's well, literally... Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. as someone who has only seen parts, like I said, one, two, six and seven or five and six, of, mm-hmm. I can still appreciate this and see how it is related to Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Hey, that was a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, no, that took me by surprise. Hey, uh, shit, what's my point? Hey, um, we kind of touched about this, and then you brought it up, right? Why? I know it's not talking about Dune anymore, but why do you think people don't like? I think the reason why a lot of people don't watch a lot of sci-fi movies is because when you watch a bad sci-fi movie, it's really, it's really bad. bad. Yeah, they are super campy. Again, Valeria and a thousand planets. And a city of a thousand planets. Yeah. Really bad movie. Mm-hmm. Jupiter's ascending. Oh my goodness! Yes. Okay, I, I'm gonna say your Jupiter ascending is a guilty pleasure for me. Oh But we goodness. also know I like movies that Pam. should be showing on a drive-in theater in 1985. Pam, but- I create life, and I destroy it. <laughs> Why? 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 Why is that line there? What? What? What is that line? Because that is just a fantasticness of Eddie Redmayne's acting. What is that? Uh, oh like, no, those so unnecessary. That's so such unnecessary. a bad movie, but it is. It is like the dead don't die. It holds like a special place in my heart. But I just want to say, sci-fi movies. I think people still think are those 1970s, 1980s, B-level campy, should have been shown on a drive-in theater screen type of movie, when really they're not. I think oh. I think technically there's, right now we're getting to a point where there's like tiers of sci-fi movies now. Because oh, you, exactly. you have like your S tier, and like your S tier I would think, that's where like your Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, all, I would hope Dune as well. June. Yeah, like they, they're um, like your S tier. Ex Machina. Like, ex Machina, also, yes, exactly. Um, and then you have your. Movies, yeah, go ahead. Sci fi movies, I feel like for such a long time, were associated with the nerd culture or being a geek or like a cult, like a film cult culture. Like, you know how there's like cult films? Well, like I said, it like, also like depended, yeah. right? Because even like technically, when you think about it, the like obviously we talk about like the forefather of the s tiers being like um the first blade runner for instance or even um i forget the one we saw with michael um the oh other time. that one the one from yeah i'm forgetting i'm forgetting the name of that one too but like that that's those are like the forefathers of the s tier for instance right and then like the the the, the sci-fi movies that really made sci-fi movies like 
popular popular that's when you're coming into the realm of something like the matrix you know or um those are more like the more like blockbuster sci-fi if that makes any sense yeah, um, speaking the of matrix which even feels like like an an action sci-fi movie yeah that's again that's the one where it's like now you're getting like instead of just getting the quote-unquote nerds to watch it you're you're more or less getting like the vast popcorn like wait, you know moviegoer wait. audience to see do you, I've got another really terrible sci-fi movie that people forgot about. What? Passengers. Oh yes, yes. Passengers yes, was yes. trash. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that okay. Existed. Okay. Here's the thing. That movie was absolutely ridiculous. It was. It was so so bad. Okay. But I'm not gonna lie. Jennifer Lawrence looked really good in that movie. Other than that. The movie was really, really bad. bad. The movie was so bad. It was so bad. So bad. It was so bad. That movie is the that movie is the reason why abusive relationships exist. Yes, I said it. Hundred percent. Yes. Um, Also, Chris Pratt deserves better. Like honestly, he he deserves better than that movie. That movie was not good at all. That movie did both of them dirty. Yep. So dirty. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyways. Um, Coming back to Dune. Yes, Uchi. Coming back to Dune. Yes. I, I need to go take care of something real quick. I know we're in the middle of recording. Do okay. some random spiel for like 30 seconds to a minute. Uh, 30, 30 seconds to a minute. 30 seconds to a minute? <laughs> Pretty what? much. Um, yes. Yeah, so basically, um, while Uchi's gone, I guess, part of what I wanted to cover with Dune as well um, is now we're coming into the territory of more of the... Um, not 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 the politics side of it, but more the I mean I guess technically that still is politics, but the more relationship between like the houses, like so in this situation, Atreides and Harkonnen, and like the Fremen, for instance. Like I don't know, Pam, did you you watching it not knowing anything about Dune, what did you kind of get out of that? Like did it make sense to you? Or not really? The only thing was kinda that was a little blurry was the whole thing. So the Emperor belongs to Conan. No, the emperor is just an emperor. He's the he's like he's the he's the head of all the houses. Okay, who did Dave Batista belong to? Uh, Harkonnen. So Dave Batista's okay. uncle was the the head of the Harkonnen family. He's like the dude who could fly, basically. Okay, and he was the one in the goo. Yeah, that's that's his okay. uncle. Yeah. Okay. So um, Dave Batista is second like... in line to be head of the Harkonnen yeah. if his uncle dies. Yeah. So I kind of got the thing of like, I'm gonna relate this to very like um social history kind of human anthropology whereas like one was rome one was britain and the fremen were kind of like the middle east or india right yeah the fremen kind of felt like the fremen are inspired by like middle east like the whole thing is inspired by middle eastern culture i would say say go as far as India or, or you know I would even say like North Africa. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I was gonna say more like Saudi Arabia. I said yeah, Middle East. That's basically what I said. Yeah, yeah so that's why I was wondering. What do you mean North North well, Africa? I'm no, like, like yeah. I'm saying like Egypt that way more so than mm. just call it North Africa. Egypt, well, no, why I said that is because I more, also I don't even see Egypt. Well, why I said that also is because literally um, Paul Atreides' name is Lisan Al Gaib, which is like a very very Middle Eastern. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. It's so, Middle Eastern. It's, they're, they're 100% Middle Eastern, like inspired by Middle Eastern um, 
uh, lore, but I guess. Or... That's how I kind of picture it as, is like, one's Rome, one's Britain, which were like the two kind of powers that really fought over everyone else. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think that was the, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I, That's I what I'm I, seeing it as, but like I would say more like maybe America and like Russia. Yeah, America and the Soviet Union. Mm. America and the yeah. Soviet Union, and then oil in the Middle East. Like that makes more sense to me. But yeah. But anyways, yeah. yes. Uh, anyways, I I did find that what I was saying was I did find that interesting how especially Zendaya's character. So spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it yet. This is where you should probably pause or just stop entirely. And it's too late now. It's too late now. There's so yeah. much about this movie. Um, but but I appreciate that um, Zendaya's character, Chani, doesn't really... She doesn't show up physically in the movie. She's, she's showing up in, like, visions and stuff. Um, but the, at the point where we actually meet her for the first time, it hit, like, it hit like a train because it's, like... There's some, there was something weird about that buildup where you finally see her and you're like, oh, we're all caught up now. Like, you know, and you see her like at the end, which is like, it just leaves you on that cliff even more to be like, now nah, I want to see what the second part has to offer. Even though technically I know what happens, but it, I mean, I don't know all of what happens, but it's still kind of like, it sets you up so well to be like, oh, that is so good. Um, and I think that was just br like, that was just brilliant. Um directing from De uh Den denny denny dennis i don't know yeah denise denny at this point i'm gonna pronounce his name so many d d <laughs> so yeah Sam, i think that did is you almost just say demi no demi no i said denny 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 yeah uh, anyways that i think that was just brilliant acting from that because um in the 1960 no the 1980 something i think that's when the first one came out um also full disclosure everyone in that version was white and it was just really weird the casting in this was way much much better uh, it's much realistic because guess what if you live in a desert and you're a humanoid you're probably a little bit darker skinned um but i i just i <laughs> they had blue eyes though so yeah but that's the that's because of the spice that's where the sci-fi yeah, comes in yeah mm -hmm. um so that's that's allowed. That's okay. You explained why they're that's their okay. Eyes. Yeah, <laughs> you explained I just, it. I <laughs> their eyes because that's really cool. Because I like how it wasn't just their irises. No, it was the whole thing. Yeah, the whole eye was blue. Eye. Mm -hmm. Because like you see that in, I'm just maybe I am wrong on this, but from what I learned in my years of animal science, <laughs> is that some like in animals. Certain animals will develop, like, films on their eyes to protect either against water or mm -hmm. against sunlight and stuff like that. So I thought that was just a really The author cool did his research, 100%. The did amazing stuff. Yeah, he definitely did his research, which is just, this is like, just, this is lessons to learn from the director, from the editors, from the well, actual author of the book. From I just, like, just want to say yeah. something on that, is... I don't think all the credit really can go to the director, writers, all that, like all the people who worked on the movie. It's because they had really, and I've never read the book, really amazing base content. Oh, that's what I was with. saying. Like it goes to oh, the yeah. author of the book. It goes to the director of the movie. It goes to the actual people who edited the movie. Like it goes it, to it, like the actual the actors gets, as well too. Like it, everyone, it goes to, everyone yeah. gets credit. Everyone pulled like, their weight. 
pretty much came from this movie, right? Yeah. So like, uh, since we're talking about like Zendaya showing up so late in this movie, we can kind of talk about like his visions mm-hmm. and like how his visions kind of worked, right? He saw a black think... woman in his dreams. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I see black women in my dreams all the time. He's... But anyway. <laughs> Black is beautiful. Oh my goodness. Anyway, I, I keep saying myself. Anyway, <laughs> his visions. I kind of liked what they did with his visions. Because at first when his visions were presented, right? It was kind of like... The way he, he described his visions, or the way it was like portrayed for most of the movie, is like, this is a vision. This is what's going to come to pass, right? Mm-hmm. It's like... um. Uh, let's go to Jason Momoa's character, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he said like, "Oh, I see you dying," and like they showed, they visually showed us where he was going to die, right? Yeah, and like the assumption was he was, yeah, no. At first, like something was like, "Oh, he's going to die before he, he gets to, like Paul gets to the planet," right? Yeah, but that's not the case. He dies way later on, right? Mm-hmm. And like. At first, I thought, like, it was kind of implied that's how his visions were going to work throughout the movie, right? He's going to see something in the future, and this is how it's going to come to pass, right? Mm-hmm. Until it came to that scene with, um, which character? What's his name? Babas's character? Uh, whose character? Oh, wait. The... Which, which one? The black guy in the desert. The one who was to teach him the ways of the desert. Oh, um... I know who you're talking about. I cannot think of his yeah, name. Yeah, I'm forgetting though. his name right now. But yes, I know who you're talking about too as well. He he, he does the final fight with. Yeah. That's his first kill. Yeah. It, the thing is, he's an American actor. Babas Olusan. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. I'll try to remember. But yeah, uh, keep going. I'll look for it. That's fine. Yeah. So him, right? Jamie's character, right? Like, the visions he had of him right They're like hey i'll teach you the way of the desert right it shows them being like friends and like a mentor a mental relationship right mm-hmm. just for it to come to pass that he kills him yeah well that's because he's he's the guide in, in the sense that he's the replacement like he's the one who's gonna yeah. he's gonna I, welcome he's he's the one who's gonna ironically welcome him into the fremen society if that makes he, sense. he is yeah. and like I, I i kind of found that cool right like his visions are kind of not interpreted in the way you'd expect right mm-hmm. it's kind of like he can see a possibility of a future yeah all right oh yeah his name and, is bobs olusamokun yeah there we go yeah mm-hmm. bobs olusamokun and like mm-hmm. i found that cool right like his visions were just like this is what's going to come to pass it's more like i can kind of see what could come to pass and like mm-hmm. how it comes to pass might not be the way you'd expect it i like that mm-hmm yeah, that that was honestly that was pretty good, and like again, that that comes back to the the writing in the books because that was also I feel like that's one of the situations too where like the like I would imagine the author when he first wrote it actually wanted him to be like a, a guide or a friend at first, but then yeah. he didn't want to be too cliche, and then he flipped it on his head because usually when you're writing, sometimes like something just clicks and you change something just because you're like. No, it'll like subvert expectations if I if I just switch it up that way, you know. Um, I mean, like we can't even argue that it subverts expectation if this is like one of the forefathers of sci-fi. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, because at the time it was that's true actually. Yeah, because at the t- at the time this was like nineteen sixty yeah. something. Loki, 
that's that's something we're gonna talk about in like a future episode. Just dedicate like an hour and a half to the idea of subverting expectation and when it's done well and when it's done terribly. Mm-hmm. When it's done well, um, the first season of Game of Thrones. When it's done terribly, the last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> very true. Yes, very very true. <laughs> this is then like kind of builds into this idea, right? Because he has these visions, right? And like. He was a is the son of a Benny Gessert. I, I would I would like to let the audience know this is literally the first ever movie that I've had dreams that I was in the world of the movie after seeing it. Like literally that same night, I I told Uchi about this as well. I literally slept and in my dream I was like on Arrakis and I was like, what is happening? I woke up and I was like, no. There's no way I love this movie so much that I'm having dreams that I'm in the world. It's ridiculous. That's, that's a bit much. <laughs> it is much. I mean, I have an overactive imagination. That's just how I am. So. I can see that now. <laughs> but it was pretty awesome. It was pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, gonna say, yeah, like what I was going to bring up now. Um, so he is being implied as he is the chosen one. Or what's that name that they called him in it? In the language, which is not Arabic, but is Arabic. Uh, Lisan Al-Gaib. Lisan Al-Gaib, right. Mm-hmm. He is kind of viewed as the messiah figure mm-hmm. or a messiah figure. Yeah. And I kind of want to bring up this simple question. What's with our obsession with the messiah figure or the chosen one? Because the chosen one stories appear across media so much, right? Mm-hmm. Think about Star Wars, like... Anakin and Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, think like your typical anime. Think your typical TV show, right? A lot of them have this person being the chosen one. Mm-hmm. I think that's Why? that's mostly because as as people viewing, I mean, this comes from like literally the the beginning of storytelling, right? You know, when it comes to religion, when it comes to writing epics, like Hercules is the chosen. For some reason, he's a human son of Zeus. You know, like every like big time like hero. You know, Alexander the Great. Even I'm sure some of the things he's done. I mean, he did do a lot of cool stuff, but some of the stuff was probably exaggerated as well. Um, yeah, I mean, he he did get murdered, but was it? Yeah, he was 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 he the one who got stabbed by all of his uh his council people? I think it was him, right? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. One of one of the leaders of Rome at the time, during Cleopatra's time, he he died because all of his like one his counselors stabbed him. Caesar, I think yeah, it was Caesar. I mean, uh, yeah, Alexander. Alexander wasn't. Alexander was Rome. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, now. I'll, I'll figure but, it out no. later. Um, but the point is, you always have this like um, chosen hero, and that's like. It's a it's a trope in storytelling that tries to um, instill instill the the message to the audience that um, anyone could be a chosen one. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like no, a, like into the Spider Verse, like anyone could wear the mask, right? I, no, I, I I think we're looking at it in a different way, right? Like mm-hmm. the, when I say the messiah figure, like the chosen one, right. it's more like this this one person's predestined for greatness different from like anyone can be great storylines right oh okay that's what you mean oh yeah, yeah. i mean well i mean when we like, talk about that too we talk about people like what john snow who's like basically 
like John Snow, like the way he was put up to be like the chosen one, mm-hmm. right? You can look at um like I pointed out, Star Wars, Luke and Anakin, right? The yeah. chosen ones. The ones bring balance to the force. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like other things off the top of my head, but I'm struggling at the moment, right? I th- I think it's a it's a data trope, definitely. It's very it's, like, it's a it's a very dated trope, right? Yeah. It's and a like very dated trope. I, I don't know if Pam has opinions about this dated trope as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a very dated trope, and you want to know why it's a dated trope? Because of religion. And I feel like as much as people don't want religion to be brought into movies and stuff like that, I feel like it it's a part is of a society. Trope. It's part of society, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't matter whether you're agnostic, atheist, all that. Everyone has their own beliefs, and I think everyone believes of some sort of miracle or some sort of figure of hope or whatever it is. Um, and I think that's why it's used because it, in a sense, appeals to everyone's sense of morality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does. It gives people that expectation hope, right? And that's yeah, and why... I, and <clears throat> it's a storyline that you know what's going to happen. It's a safe storyline and it's a storyline that always is keeps on giving right like mm-hmm. that that's the thing like insert person is predestined to be great yeah insert person is responsible for saving the world all that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. which is slightly different from like the one that sam argued about like anyone can be great anyone can be the hero anyone can be the chosen one story right mm-hmm. and like I, I I do want to go back to that Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Maybe that's why that movie hit me so. Oh yeah, well. you're not special. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't even like anyone can be great. It's just like no, you're just another cog in the machine. You're not special. Mm-hmm. And like there's something uh, that subvert of expectation was great, right? <laughs> and like for this movie, right? Gosling's reaction, like his acting in that was oh my, like he. You could see the frustration on his face. It was great. It was pretty good. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> he was so yeah, frustrated. No. <laughs> but if like we come back to this movie, right? That's why like in June, it was always gonna be like a chosen one stereotype or like the chosen one story, but maybe because it's like such an older novel. This novel came out in the sixties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Like, that's 80 years now? Yeah. No. Almost. The 60s? Yeah. Um, I want to say, like, I, yeah. like, close, like, a 70. Yeah, I want to say, like, 65 yeah. to 70. No, wait, no, 60. The 60s were 60 years ago. We're in 2020s, guys. Yeah, that's why I'm like, no, that's why I was like, 80 years ago, like, no, wait, that's not right. No, 60. Yeah, so, yeah, so it should be about. Math. Yeah. We cannot math today. <laughs> About Dude. 60. Yeah, that makes sense because my dad was born in 69, I believe. So, nice. yes, that makes sense. And my dad isn't even, he's not 70 yet. Dad. He's not even 70 yet. Dad. <laughs> As we established earlier, Sam is an ageist. We, I know we've established this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, I just don't even know if an ageist is the right term. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> continue. But, like, 
so like i can forgive the movie for having a chosen one stereotype just because it's such an old novel right and that's kind of like what people wanted at the time right now granted like i've heard some stuff about like where the novel is supposed to go i haven't read it yet i'm planning to like read and finish it before the movie comes out because it might be another like two or three years before we get the next part right because mm-hmm. i i I'm, I'm willing to bet part two is coming oh it should they can't just leave it like that but here's the thing though i i was reading online and like a couple youtube channels i watched it they usually have reliable information um they did talk about what's it called hbo apparently trying to make the part two into a series instead so, no, that's and, different. Yeah, so a lot of wait, a lot wait, of no. okay, that's different. There's an HBO series coming, but that's for the uh, sisters thing. Okay, for what? So the sis- for what comes during after. the sisterhoods? Okay, okay, so not the actual like part because I yeah, I want a part, part two, two for the movie. movie. I don't want like a TV show. Please, no, I don't want yeah. that. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that. The sisterhood show. I. Part of me, mm, I don't know. I, like, part of me wouldn't mind it as a movie. The other part of me is like, I wouldn't mind it as a TV show. But at the same time, as a movie, I'm more likely to watch it because, let's face it, as a TV show, I am not gonna commit that much energy to watching the full thing. Also, it's just also you're, you're not. If let's be honest, you're not getting, Jace, like you're not getting Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, like. You're not getting them to be think, regulars in a TV show. I don't think that's I think, happening. Uh, it, it depends what kind of TV show we're looking at. Like if it's a like limited series, you can pull, you can definitely get them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Because think yeah. about it. Even like Euphoria, like Zendaya got so busy, like they literally just like they couldn't continue with Euphoria anymore. So it's like, I mean, they might eventually at some point, but right now because her her schedule is so packed with other movies. They've basically been like, yeah, we're like Euphoria is going to take a break. So, it's, yeah. Can we talk about the acting in this movie? Let's bring up the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Like, Amazing cast. I, I, I like Zendaya. Uh-huh. Um, Timothy Charlemagne, I think he is a wonderful actor. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but he falls into the same category as Adam Driver for me. Really? I don't. I don't I know just, about that. I don't. Ooh. I don't know. Like Adam Driver, I think is a better actor than Timothy Charlemagne, but they're just so unique looking. I, 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 I wouldn't say that because Timothy Charlemagne is also. Keep in mind, he's young, like way younger. Yeah. Like I think he's like twenty one, twenty two. Hold up, hold up, Pab. Yes. Remember, was it this summer, or last summer when? Timothy Shalom, whatever Shalomet Shaman, Shalomet <laughs> was all that Sam could talk about. Yeah. Yes, we know Sam. Sam had so a whole Yes. I, I don't know why you're out here attacking Sam's crush. <laughs> because <laughs> literally, I, I, I said it already. If I was gay, I would be all over that. Um, he is 25 years old, so. Um, yeah, he's so, terrible with age at this point. <laughs> Timothy yeah, Chalamet that, is 25 years old. He's two years older than me. Adam Driver is how old? 30s? Uh, Adam Driver is 37 <laughs> years old. No, no. What way I'm getting at is Timothy Chalamet has much more room to just... Like, he he's like... He could get to like the like Leonardo DiCaprio Brad Pitt level. 
at he, this he point. Does, he can. Yeah. I'm just saying... I don't... I don't know what I'm saying. I, I just... I don't... I think he suited the role, but at the same time, he didn't suit the role. And there's just some... I can't put my finger on it, what it is. Like, I loved Zendaya in this movie. Mm-hmm. I just... Something about him in this role I didn't like and I don't know what it is so that that's just all I'm saying I, I mm-hmm. cannot tell you what it is I didn't like just something about him in this character I did not like interesting I thought he was perfect me personally um, I, I thought it was good as well and like... the thing is I don't even know who I would cast in well, because he's playing Paul, he's playing Paul. Wait, Atreides, wait, wait, right? wait, wait! Okay. I know who you can cast in place of Timothy. Who? Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> wow! Oh, God. <laughs> Literally, I think right now in Hollywood, the only substitution for Timothy Chalamet is Tom Holland. That's the only I substitution I can think say, of. I would have much rather seen Tom Holland in this movie. The, here's the I, I here's the know. other thing, though. Tom Holland is more comic like he's more like quirky timothy yeah, chalamet is I've more never brooding seen tom holland in the serious role yeah tom holland no. isn't brooding However, timothy chalamet is brooding i mean and, no technically we saw him in uh what's that movie the devil you know or whatever no but yeah. he wasn't really brooding he was angry that's that's different he was angry he was that's so different. bad yeah okay it wasn't bad that movie was just boring <laughs> that's, no, I just, I just that's different he was mad either way either one of them cast in this movie are both Sam's crushes, and we've established that so many times. <laughs> or if we they cast Ryan Ryan Goslin, does that? No, he's too he's too because, old. No, he's no, too old he's to too play old, Paula Trading. Either or, we seem to want to cast <laughs> Sam's crushes in this movie. He's too old <laughs> in this movie. Listen, I. Okay, I don't. I don't is, get how they're my crushes. See, Tom Holland, I, Timothy Chalamet, say, Ryan Gosling. They're just my favorite. Like. They're my favorite white actors, if I'm being honest, just because they bring a lot of depth to their acting. Um, um we're, we're just giving you a hard time. I know, I'm aware. Um, just a fluid heart. But I think he was good. Like, the, the one scene where, this was, like, earlier in the beginning, where he wears, like, the, the leather jacket and, like, the, like, he's basically decked out in all black and, like, his hair and everything. I was like, that looks, that, like... That is a visual representation of what Paul Atreides was in the books. Like, it just mentally, that's what you expect. What he, he reminded me of? What? what? A young Kylo Ren. I mean, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Um, <laughs> I, okay, I can since, since we're talking a lot about Star Wars, Oscar oh Isaac was he, was he was amazing. As, he was so good. He was ridiculously good. Oh, man. That's so good. Oscar Isaac and Rebecca Ferguson were so good. Mm-hmm. Was was Oscar Isaac? Wasn't he in um in the Wonder Woman movie? Was he? After right. that, he, he was in Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Right. I feel like he was. Give me a second. I'm checking right now. I don't think he was. Oscar Isaac. Oh no no, it was Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Never mind. No, it was Pedro Pascal. No. Yeah. Sorry. No. I I kept on. Th- I was like, I did. It was either Pedro Bro. Pascal or Oscar Isaac. One of them was the villain Bro. in Wonder Woman 1984. Bro, they're not, they're not even from the same country. No, I know. I <laughs> I know. I just I mixed their names up. That's my bad. Uh, but yeah, no, they're not from the same country. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. But no, Oscar Isaac was amazing in this as well. Um, he really he did well with that whole like father figure patriarch that, he, that was done really well. Alberto Ferguson was amazing. I thought Alberto Ferguson was great in this movie. Yeah. I thought Batista was great. Batista is like his acting continues to just impress Batista, me. Batista is probably the most improved actor I've ever seen. Oh my god. That man oh my goodness. not being able to act to something great. Yeah. But like Batista, he, oh my goodness. Like literally anything now that Batista is in, except I guess Army of the Dead, because we need to nip that in the bud. Um, hey, I'm man, always excited to see. Coming. Oh my goodness! I don't even want to see it. But I'm not. I don't watch it. Oh good. But like, that's not Batista's fault. That's I blame that on what's his name. Um, Snyder. Yeah, I blame no. that on. Yeah, Snyder. On Snyder. Um, but Batista as an actor, like, no, he is. Like, I actually want to see more of him in the Dune universe. Just because he looks like someone who might... He, he look, His character in Dune is such a loose cannon that he could be a problem later on. You know what I mean? Like, so it he, he kind of has... He gives me, like, Azula vibes almost in a I way. I know Dave Batista as a person is, like, <laughs> probably a wonderful guy and is, like, jovial and all that. <laughs> but if I ran into him on the street... He's very scary. He, he is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he's a very scary looking man, definitely. Um, but yeah, like, no, yeah, like, nice. what's that? Yeah, looks like a nice person. He, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just if he was, he, if he was mad at you, you would, you would be afraid. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I went <laughs> to a bar and Dave Batista was the bouncer. I yeah. would not want to mess with that guy. It's like if 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 you walked into a room and The Rock looked mad. Batista looked mad, and Jason Momoa looked mad, and you had to talk to one of them. Who would you talk to? The Rock. <laughs> the Rock is huge. <laughs> the three the of them. Looks the like... three of them look pissed off, but you you have to just engage one of them in conversation. Who would it be? <laughs> well, all of them could kill me with one punch. <laughs> I, I feel like I have a. I don't want to say a better chance, but I feel like I have more knowledge of The Rock than I do either Jason Momoa or Batista. <laughs> so no, that's all I tell with decision. I just hide under the table. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna walk out the room like it's. it's <laughs> At the same time, I could walk up to Momoa with a Guinness and be like, "Would you like a beer, sir?" And I feel like that would be solve all the world's problems. <laughs> Oh Wait, my goodness! Speaking of Momoa, Jason Momoa played Jason Momoa in this movie. He did well. He did Jason really well Momoa too. Jason Momoa without facial hair is terrifying. I I I, I kind I of liked it. it. I kind of liked it because he looked very like he looked more um, like you could really see his like um, islandness if that makes sense. His Momoa ness. Yeah, his, his yeah, yeah. You could really, you could really like like it's just one of those things where like I like. I feel like that was the first time I was really seeing him because I I was able to like just like I'd be like yeah you're 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 definitely a Pacific Islander like I could see that representation Jason Momoa with a beard looks like a Viking Jason Momoa without a beard looks like a Polynesian man yeah pretty much and he (laughs) looks good both ways like I'm like definitely it's because he like he had a shaved beard but like he still had like the long hair. And it, it like it was very like indigenous like look I don't know I liked it I thought it was really cool 
Um, I, think, I think the thing is, like, I wasn't surprised by how Jason Momoa looked like without the beard because of the ad he did, like, two years back where he mm-hmm. cut the beard off for... Well, I guess he must have cut the beard off for this movie. Yeah, probably. And then it also it just lined up with the time the ad came out. I think it's also important to note that a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of these actors we, we need to we need to ask questions about how these actors grow beards because even Oscar Isaac's beard. I'm like, how do you get a beard like that? Like that is ridiculous. That's a majestic beard. That <laughs> is a majestic ass that is, beard. And like it was like it was like a grayed out beard too. Like it wasn't just like a dark beard. It was like the gray hairs were still there. And I'm just like, how do you get your beard looking like that? That is ridiculous. I mean, you could have dyed it. I mean, that's true. I guess. I mean, but no, even naturally, like when you look at his pictures at like the, um, at like events. Yeah, at the events and stuff. Like it, it looks the same. Like he just has that like natural like old man beard silver fox silver fox with a credit card (laughs) like it's yeah it's weird and like not just him i'm trying to think of uh oh my god what am i forgetting he's uh idris elba is like that idris yeah idris elba as well where like when he when he has a little bit of hair he has that like silver kind of like streak in his afro yeah it's crazy it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy I yeah, don't know we're how talking about it. people's beards. <laughs> I can get back on Yeah, I know. I just thought it's something I should mention. I don't know how they do it, but it's pretty cool. I was cool. going to say, this, this just divulges. I feel like sometimes you just divulge into, let's talk about beards. Let's talk about, <laughs> like, okay. when we okay, like Okay, so I want to when... also, <laughs> I want to also, I'm sorry to cut Sam? you off, fam. Sam, thank I'm God so... I am 2,000 miles away from you right now because I would come through the phone at you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to also talk about the five minutes that my other crush had in this movie. Um, what did you guys Zendaya? think about her performance? Yeah, it was fine. Who? Zendaya. Because let's not I forget, from, yeah, for the longest time, that's yeah, how, that was. How many more times, Sam? How many more times do I need to tell you? <laughs> I like Zendaya. I talked about how much I liked her as an actress 10 minutes ago. Obviously, you weren't listening. Aegis. It was was good. She wasn't in the movie long enough for it to be, like, amazing or bad. So this Mm -hmm. is good. No, exactly. She didn't... Exactly what you said. She wasn't in it long enough to... For me to more... To talk about her more than I said she was a good... I liked her in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And... Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm, you, you, you said and, so I was waiting for you to keep going. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, it's when we like a movie, we tend to talk about it, but then talk about other things because I don't know how many times you can say movie good. Movie good. <laughs> I, I want to bring out a couple more stuff before we finish wrapping up because I believe we have like 20 ish minutes left, Seth. Uh, yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. This is going to be obvious. Cinematography, good? Oh yes, my yes, goodness. Yes. Cinematography, cinematography is amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wonderful. Like, I really liked what they did, especially with the scene in the tent with the spice like floating in the air and how glittery it was. You know, that awesome. kind of makes me think of, and this actually happened today, it was like, you know when you have, when like you clean your house and sometimes a little bit of dust gets airborne and then the sun shines through it? And it just mm-hmm. kind of sparkles a little your bit? House. How dusty is your house? <laughs> You wanna know how dusty my my house is? I have been home for maybe eight days this month. 
Uh, yeah, I would have said like in my know. case, it'd be more like cat hair. Like sometimes you just see the like, like you know how you like the particles. Cat hair sparkling, right? No, not sparkling, but like when when like you have the sun because I have okay. So Uchi, for those of us that have big windows, um, yes. sometimes when the sun rises, there's no, orange no, rays. No, 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 no. <laughs> that that is not the question. I was asking whether just cat's hair sparkling. Well, because it's in the orange sun rays, so like it just. I'm also my cat is orange. My cat is also orange, so like orange but, hair just glitters in yellow sun. It's weird, but it happens. But I'm just, I'm just saying it kind of gives it a sense of like in touch with, even though it's sci-fi, it gives us a sense of reality of what we can relate to because like that whole light reflect refraction you get, whether it's spice or in human world, where mm -hmm. it's like a little bit of dust in the air, right? Like mm -hmm. it's same sort of thing. Like we've all experienced that visual in our life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which 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 is yeah, it was it was pretty good. I liked that. I liked the, I liked the sandworms, man. The sandworms yeah, were, the sandworms were terrifying. Oh my Those goodness! I, I loved how we did not see the sandworms for most of the movie. Yeah. it was just this thing going across the desert, and it was scary. And you, you still, just see the you mouth. still kind of had an idea. Yeah, it's just you never yeah, like you saw had an idea how yeah. big it was, but you just kind of like. It was just like, yeah, so it's a sandworm. We need to fuck off. Yeah, pretty much. See, and, like, they make me think that the sandworm, honestly, I, didn't see the, I think they're called lampreys. They're, like, uh, a fish. They're, like, giant lampreys, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that was cool. But I want to talk about, quick, my favorite scene in this movie, which was near the end, where the guy was riding on the sandworm. Oh, yeah, well, that was also, like, just a... It, I feel like that's just a thing where it's, like, the Harkonnen came in... Yeah. And they just started like fighting the Fremen without even learning how they actually are able to survive in the desert for like however long they've lived there. And it's like, no. come on, like you, you gotta at least coming. learn from the natives before you start harvesting things. Like you know, like it's only, it's only like, come on, be smart. Well, no, and I, I saw that whole scene of someone riding on a sandworm coming, but it was still epic when it happened. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because so they've cool. probably found, a, like, ways to... The Fremen have probably found ways to tame their environment, right? Or I won't say tame, but to coexist with their environment, right? Versus, like, colonizers, if that makes sense. So that's... I, I like that. That was good world building in of itself as well. Because it actually shows you, hey, the Fremen actually are competent because they live like this. Like, they there's things that they've done and don't forget they also name the worms which means they've met the worms multiple times the fact that they can name whichever worm is in whichever region shows they know that they know their planet really well so i love the fact that it was actually implied that it was a big deal when they give away like the knife made out of uh worm teeth mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah. because they're like yeah these things are big and can't be killed so this is a big deal mm-hmm Exactly, and, like, and that was probably like a worm that died of old age or something, and they just found it and took a tooth. So, yeah. I I like this because I brought this up with Michael still talking about cinematography. I was like, I what I enjoyed about this movie, I loved like how long the padding shots were. Mm -hmm. But that was my best example. It's like I don't need the dare sliding down a rock for like fifteen seconds. Like it still looked <laughs> amazing, but I don't know why she's sliding down a rock for like fifteen seconds. <laughs> Oh, right. I think it's just to build, to build the not tension, but to build the the anticipation. There's this scope of the world. Like I wouldn't yeah. change any of the shots in this movie. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Some of them are just like I don't know why she's staying down for like 15 <laughs> seconds. That's weird, but so cool. I I thought it was smart how they utilized the shots with the so with the uh, I forget her name the earlier lady that also can we talk about the diversity of the cast because man. Like when I say sci-fi films in 2021, this is the type of casting I want to see. Cause like it wasn't just all white people, and I appreciated it. Like, um, I'm referring to what's her name, the lady who was like an ex-Fremen, but not really. Um, oh uh, yeah, what's the deal? No, she was Fremen. Yeah, she was, but like she was uh, allied Sharon... with the with the emperor. Shan um, Duncan. Well, cause technically the Fremen is still part of the empire. Yeah, um, but the, when she utilized the thomper. That was such to, a cool that was that that was a really cool scene. <laughs> the worm literally name? eats her and uh, that was that was cool. Sharon Duncan Brewster. Yeah, I think that's that's her actress name, right? Actor yeah, name. So yeah, so Letty Keens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she she was amazing as well. And the makeup on her too, with like the braids and everything, she looked really cool. Um she looked she honestly looked like she belonged in Cyberpunk almost. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, she was really cool. Um, I liked again the scene with her using the thumper, um, and also the fact that thumpers were done so well as a mechanic in this. Again, the world building. So just come on, it was it was so good. Also, world building is amazing. How are those giant ass worms just like sensing every little like vibration? <laughs> that is ridiculous. I think it was like implied because it's a does they live out in the desert, right? And there's not a lot of things for them to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So they're probably just like adapted to be super sensitive. Cause, cause don't forget, even when um, Paul and his mom were just like walking around, they like the worm was still able to like find them, you know, which is crazy because it's like, like they weren't even like stomp, like it's not like they were marching or anything. Like they were just like sliding. They're just they were going oh no, so don't forget. Don't forget, Paul did the thing where he he tapped the rock three times. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. He tapped. He tapped the rock three times, and like as soon as he did it the third time, I was like, "Oh, you fucked up." Oh, oh no, because no, it was the actual. Oh, it was like rock, sand, rock, or something like that. Yeah, it was like because like, they're walking on sand, and then they reach rock, and he was like, "Wait, what?" And then he went. Oh, then he stepped on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. three times, yeah. like yeah. checking what it was, and he was like, "Oh, you messed up." Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is. <laughs> like I guess like we're gonna talk about like the thumpers and the worms and everything. Mm-hmm. Um Pam. Yes. Did you watch this in theaters? No. Okay, then you missed out. Cause the sound. I, like, I, yeah. The I, sound design. My god. It was I'm, epic. I really wanted really to watch this in theaters, and I mean like really, really wanted to watch it in theaters. Unfortunately, with how my last three days of work have gone, <laughs> Fair. it was not feasible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me to do. That is fair. That is fair. Mm-hmm. All I can say, you missed out because I I don't remember a lot of the music from the movie, but I remember how the music made me feel. Yeah. Especially like those big moments, like the worm traveling across the ground, like mm-hmm. the thump was going off, like just my whole body vibrating to the yeah. sound of the theater. You know that that's also something we can use the last like, however minutes we have, like five, six. Uh, sorry, Pam, continue what you want to say, and then I'll. I'm just kind of giving a marker to tell you how much time we have. So we have six minutes left. This will be quick. 
So even though I didn't see it in theaters, I can see what you mean about the sound, Uchi, because like when those thumpers set off, it was yeah. almost like this weird, like you get this weird feeling throughout your whole body, and it's like an anxiety feeling, but like a safe feeling. It's almost like the same that womp womp. It's almost the same yeah. kind of feeling that you're like when you, you know when you stress out and your heart kind of just is like doesn't know what to do. Yeah, that's the feeling I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is perfectly describing it as well. Uh, that was insane. what I was gonna make mention to. Also, was um, most a lot of people are saying that this was Hans Zimmer's like best work as like a soundtrack because even the Dune like theme was just is is amazing. Like, just he he got that so right. It's ridiculous. Like the score is just insane. I. I'm going to argue with that. Really? Yes. With the drums um, and the throat singing and stuff like that? You didn't I like any of that? I thought it was good. The only thing, I cannot remember a lot of it. Well, I cannot I mean, remember a lot it's, of movies. It's not like a Marvel, like, you know, No, 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 Trump I'm not saying that, but like, Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer did Last Samurai, The Lion King, Pirates of the Caribbean, Prince of Egypt. Like, this, this is true. Exactly. This is true. He's, he's done, done a lot of movies. This is true. Like, what, what we're trying to say is Hans Zimmer is a fucking boss. Yeah, he, he is. is. He is. He is. And he is. the stuff that he does, like, this doesn't even break the top 10 for me of soundtracks from him. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Personally, I wouldn't say uh, that. I, so, I so will, I will I'm not talking that. soundtracks, though. I'm talking scores. Like scores, no, scores score, are different from scout soundtracks, right? Or soundtrack, whatever. But I'm just saying, for his musical score, there is better for me. There yeah. are other ones for him. Because don't forget, up until now, I think his best score, or like, I won't say best, but most popular, was the one for Inception. Before Inception least, was good. that was like that's I, been his most iconic. Right, I think for me, my favorite hands in my school is the one from Dunkirk. For me, the, oh, yeah, I was gonna oh. say the Dunkirk score still gives me anxiety every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. I think for, for me, it's designed to give anxiety, though. Yeah, for me, I think it's this one. I like for the me, yeah, go ahead, Pam. It is probably a toss up between Pearl Harbor and Pirates Caribbean. Was that uh-huh. Hans Zimmer, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes, yes, both of those were Hans Zimmer. Uh, like I, I said, so. yeah. Hans Zimmer is a boss. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yes, yeah, like, but I, I, I still did real. love the score for yeah, this. For it was amazing. It, like for everyone listening, even later on, go to Hans Zimmer's discology Wikipedia. It it's, is long. Yeah, it's it about is. I would say forty-five plus movies. Everyone yeah. in Hollywood hires him. <laughs> yeah, for a reason. He's good. Yeah. He's yeah, exactly. really good. For a reason. You have a decent action movie and you put Hans Zimmer on a decent action movie. Did that action arrival? movie automatically goes from a five to an eight. <laughs> did he do arrival? I appreciate he did arrival. Uh did he do arrival? I don't know. I have to check. I'm checking now. I uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't think he did. No, I don't think no. so. No, he didn't no, do it. Right. I don't think so. But, 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 
Uh, we're pretty much done, right, Sam? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, Hans Zimmer did FIFA 19. And in that bombshell, we wrap up. <laughs> what? <laughs> he did. Yeah. He, he did, did FIFA 19. <laughs> he did. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. thank you for listening. <laughs> Pam, Dunkirk, yes. great movie. Yes, no. Hans Dunkirk? Zimmer did FIFA no, 19. I can't. June. Sam, I cannot hear Uchi's question. What? June, great movie. Yes, no. Eh, yeah, I would say it's decent. Okay, Sam. Yeah, just movie. give it a score yes, out of no. 10. I give this a 9 out of 10. I give this movie a 9 out of 10. Yeah. Pam? I will give it a 7.5 out of 10. That's fair enough. Average an eight and a half out of ten. It's a great movie. (laughs) Go watch it in theater. And on that bombshell, we wrap up and we go home. Yes, we will catch you guys next week um, for something, something new, something juicy. (laughs) Bye. Bye.